York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here, give me that Nick's talk. Just in the nick of time, here to talk about another loss. The Knicks continue the losing streak to the Toronto Raptors. We did not have a man quickly today, and we're missing some scoring punch a little bit. But at the end of the day, we still lose. All right, Knicks lose to the Raptors 125 to 116. And we had some good games, we had some players who stepped up. Randall gave you 23 points and 19 rebounds. RJ Barrett gives you 30 points, five assists, and seven rebounds. Jericho Sims had 10 points and seven rebounds. Brunson, you look up and Brunson had 21 points and five assists. Obi Toppin scores double digits for the first time since November. 14 points for Obi Toppin. But the turnover game was the Achilles heel for the Knicks, as it always is for the Raptors. The Raptors scored 26 points off of the Knicks turnovers to eight. On top of that, Fred Van Vliet, for some reason, cannot be stopped. And the Knicks fall to the Raptors. And we're going to talk all about it before we talk about it. First and foremost, please, please, please salute to FUBU TV. If you want the Knicks for free on MSG for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT. All right. If you decide to actually purchase that cable product, KOT gets a cut. You get to watch FUBU TV for free and other cable channels. Plus, there's no subscription. Subscription. So you can stop at any time. So shout out to FUBU TV. All right. Now let me introduce you to my guy. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Another tough loss for the Knicks. Another tough one for for the Knicks, man. And I'm going to start by saying this. We did a lot of things right. There were a lot of things that us, that Knicks Nation complained about that we did today, you know? We talked about how we don't move the ball enough. When you're looking at the assist battle, we won the assist battle. 30 assists to 21. You have 30 assists in the game. You think you should win that game, Ryan. But uh, also... Bench scoring with no Emmanuel quickly. You're like, man, where's the bench scoring coming from? Obi Toppin comes in, gives you 14 points. Should have played a lot more than what he did. Only played 10 minutes. Bruh. But that's a whole nother conversation that we will have a little bit later. Um, At the end of the day, though, we competed. But it just seems like to me, point of attack defense was a contention once again. I don't know why Fred Van Vliet plays like garbage juice everywhere else 
except when he sees the orange and blue uniform. It's kind of like when Evan Fournier sees the Celtics and it goes off for 30. That's what Fred Van Vliet is to us. When I'm looking at the box score, the point of attack defense was, was a problem. Fred Van Fleet once again gives us 28 points. Um, Grimes could not slow him down. And to me, the turnovers, Fred Van Vliet, and offensive rebounding really did us in. I don't know. What did you see tonight, Brian? Um, yeah, I think you're definitely right about the point of attack defense. Um, I think it was definitely glaring especially in the first quarter. And I feel like that's how Toronto was able to jump out to that huge lead in the first quarter because, like you said, Grimes couldn't stop Van Vliet from penetrating into the paint. And it seemed like every, it seemed like the tor- Toronto was really penetrating into the paint as well. And then either they would finish at the rim or they would pass it out, pass the ball around the perimeter, get an open three-point shot. They were knocking threes like crazy in the first quarter. So, you know, right there, you know, the Knicks, you know, we're already battling from behind and then what I did like I think the Knicks did make an adjustment later in the game though because in the third quarter when they were when they were making their comeback mm-hmm. because in, in the first quarter they the Knicks were kind of like doing you know make your guy guard guard your guy one-on-one you know if your guy blows past you that's it is what it is in the third quarter now I started seeing the bigs help more on those penetrations good point and that, that kind of slowed down Toronto because I saw Hardenstein come out and guard on some penetrations when, you know, when he, when Van Vliet or whoever got past their first man, they had a, they had a contend with the big was coming out and helping them. And then that, that kind of slowed them down a bit in their penetrations. And that, you know, gave Toronto a, a bit of trouble offense that that caused the Knicks to get back into the game. But ultimately, I think what did the Knicks and what the turnovers, especially in the fourth quarter, when the fourth quarter started, the Knicks were sloppy on offense, turned the ball over like crazy. And Toronto was converting that into points. And then the Knicks couldn't really catch up from there. Yeah, um, very good analysis from Ryan G. Uh, dead on. The Knicks bigs did a great job helping. Also, another positive, Hartenstein. Might have been his best game as a Nick in a long time. When you looked at Hartenstein's stats, when I last looked, he had, what, three blocks on the night? Hartenstein still can't really defensive rebound to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still Bruh. frustrating, but three blocks on the night, um, and a couple of offensive rebounds. He played well in that first stint with the second unit, um, but like you said, the turnovers really did a sin. What kind of leads me to two people to talk about: R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. All right. Uh, and I'm going to start with R.J. Barrett because to me, when I look at the matchup between the Knicks and the Raptors, R.J. has consistently been good against his team. You already know from the rip, Brunson struggles, struggles against his team. So I'm looking to I'm looking at R.J. to take the helm. And he did just that. To start the game, hit a couple of nice pull up three point shots. To me, when RJ started going downhill and finishing with ease, I was clapping in my head because in my head, I'm looking at RJ Barrett 
And I'm going, wow, this man is really stepped it up. I can see him taking steps, very small steps, but steps to getting better month to month. And it really showed in that first quarter. And also when he led the second unit with Miles McBride and OB Toppin to kind of get whatever shot he wanted, move the ball, five assists on the night for RJ Barrett, et cetera, et cetera. But you've heard me say this multiple times on this program. We need RJ Barrett and we need IQ to really man that second unit. You know, Tibbs, he's, you know, he's trying to arrest Brunson and Randall a little bit. He, I, I see people saying maybe we should stagger the minutes, but listen, if he's not going to do that, RJ Barrett, you are starter in this league. It's time for you to step up and ascend to the next level. And when the game was in the balance, when we couldn't score in that first three minutes in that fourth quarter, when we started to turn the ball over, when it was RJ Barrett run team, that's when we got in trouble once again. Uh, and I need RJ Barrett's good play to carry over from the first half to the second half. He still has these stints where he's forcing things. He's not being patient. Um, he's passing, you know, with two people on him. Um, and at that point, you you should be taking your time. When you was taking your time and probing RJ in the first half, that's when you're getting the type of shots that you need to take, high percentage ones at the rim. If he could continue to done that in that fourth quarter, this might have been a different outcome, especially against the zone. What do you think about that, Ron? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about the first three quarters, I thought RJ Barrett was the best player on the court for the Knicks. Like, he played a really good game today for the first three quarters. You know, like you said, like, he was probing the paint. He wasn't forcing up anything. He definitely passed out the paint to open shooters. Way more often than he's no than he normally does. He had five assists tonight, which was very positive for RJ. And RJ was very effective. But like you said, when the fourth quarter came around, even though it wasn't just RJ, but yeah, that's when a turnover started to happen and the Knicks became a bit sloppy on offense. And RJ contributed with, you know, a couple of turnovers himself in the fourth quarter, which led to Toronto increasing their leads. So I think overall RJ had a good game. Like I said, he yeah. played the majority of the game he played really well. And yeah. I was really impressed with his play. It's just that when that fourth quarter came, it's like the Knicks just collapsed and that pretty much led to Toronto winning the game. And that's the next step for RJ. The next step for RJ is to keep that composure and play more under control for longer steps without being rattled. That's the next step for him. On top of, you know, passing the ball efficiently because he had five assists today. He, he did a really good job. I just, we just need to do that for longer stretches. Um, overall good game from RJ Barrett though. Overall good game. Um, so to the chat, please hit the like button. Likes a light right now. We, we lost and we here talking about Nick's loss on a Sunday night. You are a real Knicks fan. So shout out to you guys for even being here. If you want to call in and talk Nick's basketball, and talk about what happened this game, you already know what to do. Dial 319 
319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Um, so I'm gonna move into the turnover issue and what seems to be a repeated theme. All right. Two things. First, Julius Randle was abysmal and discombobulated in the first quarter. I do commend him for rebounding. He had like four turnovers in the fourth, in the first quarter, no turnovers for the rest of the game. But when that man is doubled, he was getting rattled very easily. And it seemed like he's taking a little bit of a step back because we were commending him about two weeks ago for how he handled double teams and how he started to manipulate the defense with his eyes and pass out this way. And it seemed like the game started to slow down today for like a five to six minute span. It didn't happen for him. And it's not until he got a lot more aggressive going to the hole, getting a couple of and ones, um, and really competing on the boards is when he really started to turn around. I like the aggressive Randall today when he was going to the hole. Needed a lot more of that because they couldn't handle him one-on-one. -on -one. But the turnovers on that side of the ball when Randall being double-teamed was a problem. But also Jalen Brunson. You know, when you're playing ball, especially as a guard or any player, or even tips philosophy, which isn't a bad one, is you want to get two on the ball. So a lot of times you're seeing Randall wanting to get double teamed or Jalen Brunson wanting to get to the middle of the floor to collapse the defense to kick it out. But time and time again, these guys' length just, they just cause a lot of trouble. So even when you're doing what you want to do, which is collapse the defense, these guys are having a hard time kicking it out and finding open shooters because of the length of this team. So the usual method that we use to get open looks, open shooters weren't really working early on. And time and time again, it's hurt us and it hurt us today. As I mentioned earlier today, they had 26 points off of turnovers to eight for New York Knicks. Yeah, um, Toronto's one of, it's, it's one of those matchups where it's like, you know, because you look at Toronto's record at 20 and 27, and you look at the Knicks record at 25 and 23. So right now the Knicks would be in the playoffs. Well, in the play-in, and Toronto would probably be out of the playoff picture. And even though th there's a disparity in record, if the Knicks were to go up against the Raptors in the playoffs, Knicks would get smacked. Yeah. Because the matchup, because the matchup it doesn't favor the Knicks. The Raptors have too many long players, and the Knicks don't have enough athletic wings to even combat those players are like you said, when guys like Randall and Brunson, you know, running against those guys, like amongst the trees, you know, all these, all these long wings that they have with these wingspans that are crazy, you know, that it makes it hard for them to actually be productive out of the double team. And yeah, but Julius Randall, I mean, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, he was saying that, Oh, we got Wi-Fi Randall, you know, he's processing. the double <laughs> What he's is this version of Randall? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like a couple of weeks, we were saying, yeah, we got Wi-Fi Randall, but yeah, he he went right back to dial up Randall today. He yeah. just couldn't operate out of the double teams, and he definitely turned over the ball in the first quarter, which hurt the Knicks as well. And then on top of that, I think like one of the plays where um, I think he was getting double teamed, and then he 
committed the offensive foul on Boucher, on Boucher and he was like going off. You know, you, you kind of was looking at Randall like, okay, Randall, like calm down, you know, hold your composure. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, he did hold his composure though. And, um, but yeah, man, like the Raptors is a team that always give the Knicks trouble due to their length. You know, they have two, they have so many wings that, that are like six, eight, six, seven, and they have yeah. wingspan like seven feet. And it just gives the Knicks hell, especially since the Knicks don't really have size like that outside of like their bigs. So, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a team that's going to give the Knicks issues. And yeah, and Toronto definitely showed, you know, they played defense, they used their length to their advantage, and they gave the Knicks hell. I mean, I get why he's pissed though. I'm not gonna lie, because but even before he committed the foul, there his hands were all over him. Like Boucher had his hands on his chest, on his arm. No call. They stripped the ball. He gets called the four foul. So stuff like that happens. Always seems to happen when the Knicks play the Raptors. So I get why he was pissed. Kudos for Randall for not getting no tech though, because it, it it was crazy. The the yeah. the non calls on our side is always interesting to me. Like I see, I sat there and watched Jalen Brunson take a three-point shot. The Raptor player lands in his airspace. He lands on his foot, falls down. The ref calls nothing. <laughs> nothing. If that was us, that was a flagrant easy, but, but I digress. I digress. I digress. Overall, though, Randall had a pretty good game. 19 points, 23 rebounds, shot 57% from the field. Not good from three, but good game from Randall all around. We just didn't get that W. I want to complain. <laughs> I want to complain. I. In the absence of Lee. <laughs> all right. No, I'm not going to say fire tips. I'm not saying that. <laughs> OB Toppin. The son of Dunker's Delight, a man Obadiah, comes in flamethrower, right? Flamethrower from three. Hits three after three after three. He scores like 12 points in six minutes. This man is going off. Sets up Jericho's sins for a layup. Plays good defense. After that call, that, that missed call that happened for Jalen Brunson, and uh, Jalen Brunson should have got like that foul call. Obi steals the ball and saves it, the possession. And I'm sitting here going, "Yo, this is it, Obi? This is oh, it's Obi's time to shine. He's running off points, whoa, willy nilly. Next thing you know, Tom Thibodeau calls timeout and gets Obadiah Toppin out of the game after." He starts to go off. You're looking at the box score. This man has 10 minutes. <laughs> he played 10 minutes and 31 seconds. Can we find more time for Obi when he's hot? This is the thing I can't stand about Tibbs, man. This is the thing I can't stand. My man continuously throws buckets of water on his own players. Why are you taking this man out when he's hot? Why? Why? I don't understand it. Especially when we struggle from the bench, the bench so much. Ten minutes for Obi Toppin tonight was abysmal. Abysmal. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if there was ever a time to play him today, it was today. 
Evan yeah. Fournier had more minutes than Obi Toppin tonight. Go small. If anything, the other team is small. The other team is playing small. The other team is playing small. Randall has it going. Obi Toppin has it going. Play Obi more. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll say this. With the way Obi was playing tonight, he definitely was productive on offense. He should have played more minutes. You know, like a guy who's been a guy who's playing hot like that should get more minutes at the game. There's no question about that. And Thib should have found more ways to incorporate Obi Top into the game. Um, I think, especially with the way the third quarter was going, I feel like the reason why Thibs didn't really go with Obi is because of the way. Sims and Hardesty were helping off of the penetration into the paint. And I think Thibs put more value into that as opposed to, like, you know, giving Obi Toppin more minutes and having him, you know, kind of, you know, go off of his hot, you know, off of his hot start. And you already know when it comes to Randall, Thibs is not taking Randall out the game. You know, yeah. Randall's going to play minutes. So, like I said, it's one of those things where it's like, Obi should get more minutes, especially when he plays well, like tonight. But the way Thibs handles his rotations, it makes it really tough to incorporate Obi into the game, especially when that third quarter when the Knicks were coming back. You know, you have to say that Sims and Hardestine's help off of those penetrations for Raptors really helped the Knicks get back into the game and stifle the Raptors a bit. So I do think Obi should have played more minutes, but at the same time, I think I understand Thibs reasoning, but mm-hmm. still, like, you know, when a guy is hot like that, you don't sit him on the bench and just have them be cold. Like, if he's, if well, Obi scored like 14 points of that, I think. Like, if if Obi scored 14 points in like 10 minutes, you have to find more time for him. Absolutely. And I understand that thinking, Ryan. I'm not like some blind fan who goes, you know, play Obi Top at all costs, even when we're rolling to disrupt the offense that way. No, if Randall has it going and we're making a push in the third quarter, I a hundred percent understand that decision to go that direction at that point of the game in the second quarter though, the second quarter when Obi has it going and then he ends up missing one shot and he plays a seven minute stand, play him 10 minutes. That's man play him a le- like he had four minutes left. Keep it rolling. See if he has another yeah. three or two in him. Like it's not at that point, it's not like Randall was playing well. You know what I mean? That is- that he just put him he put him back in the game and said, Okay, we'll we'll see what happens. He's going <laughs> with the hard the hot hand. That's just common sense to me, man. That's just I don't know. It's weird. It's it weird. Is, but it is, but this is the game where you say Thibs be Thibbs. Thibs be Thibbin, <laughs> man. Bruh. Tibbs be Tibbin. Tibbs definitely be Tibbin, man. Salute to the chat, though. Salute to the chat. Um, I got my... Uh, If you want to call in, hit the like and subscribe. But also call in. 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. If you want to talk Knicks basketball. <sighs> I see somebody talking about we, we still need wings. We do. And we've been talking about uh trade deadline wings all week we'll talk about some more today so um definitely stay tuned for that 
Um, but before we get into the rest of the game and talk about wings and things of that nature, I want to welcome our first caller, MBIC. MBIC, let them know where you're from and what do you want to talk about, sir? Peace, peace. Peace. From the Bronx. What's going on? Am I MBIC so, from the Bronx? What's going on? So I'm listening to your broadcast and I, I I agree, but I mean, you know, there's nothing. I, I'm going to give you a, a gem tonight. So before I get into that, I'm just going to tell you, this is, this is repetitious. Like, you see, we're not making the playoffs. You already know that. We're not making the playoffs. When you have Mitch, Mitch is our anchor from defense. Yeah. You Once you see him go down, there's no replacing him because we didn't develop our players properly. We went from having the third deepest, being the third deepest team in the league to being depleted. How did that happen? Yep. And I was telling you this before about, I was telling you this about um, Brunson. Brunson is borderline elite, but he's a defensive liability. How many assists did he have? Five. Mm-hmm. He's a point guard. He's supposed to be getting this team. And see, we still are a developing team. People think that we, people think that we are better than we are. We are better than we are, but we're not contenders. We're still developing. And the fact that thirty-one can get us. In the sixth, in the sixth spot, with a team that's not properly developed, that says, "What would a good coach do?" You know what I'm saying? So we just need to be developed properly. But he's not. He's gonna. He, this is his last season. He, if he comes back, then Leon needs to be fired because there's no reason for him to come back. He, he there's no upside. We're not gonna develop. Deuce is not being developed properly. Obi's not being developed properly. It makes no sense. But what we're watching here is the NBA version of power. Now, you look at, you got um, Leon Rose, who's ghost. Then you got <laughs> 31, appropriately named Tommy, because he's a career killer. He's a career killer. He injures players. And then on top of that, you got Reek. And the point guard, Brunson, because he looks up to his uncle. Oh, my God. This is a family thing. You listen to what these people say. <laughs> this is family. This is what I'm saying. You, you got to pay attention to what's going on, man. Like, this is, we not making the playoffs until something is done. I told you about this last time, and I'm out. I'm listening to your show. Oh, man. <laughs> Power references. I like the power analogy, though. I ain't go for the power power analogy. analogy. He looks up. He looks up to his uncle. I was like, "Wow." What do you think of what he just said, Ryan? Like, I always have mixed feelings about this Tibbs doesn't develop people thing because I'm looking at RJ be developed. I'm looking at Mitchell Robinson be developed. Um, I'm looking at Grimes starting at a two guard over Evan Fournier. So I'm I'm seeing Knicks players be developed for sure. At the same time, I do see that Obi Toppin, he's missing the bar with Obi Toppin for sure. Um, Miles McBride, I feel like he could have got more chances last season. 
but he's getting more of a chance this season. So to me, Miles McBride is like, eh, you know, 50-50. I don't, he's giving all the time this year, but not last year. So I don't know. What do you think about that take, Ryan? I think I think the call did makes a lot of good points. Um, I did disagree with him with some things. Like I do think one thing that I disagree with him is the Knicks not being a playoff team. I do think the Knicks can make the playoffs. You know, I don't think the Knicks are a non-playoff team. Knicks are punching above their weight. I do agree with that. But I do think that they're capable of making the playoffs. But it's going to have to depend a lot on health. Yeah. You know, the Knicks are going to have to maintain their health if they're going to make the playoffs. But. The Thibs development thing, like you said, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, like I made this point before, you know, Knicks had, you know, Thibs has a nine-man rotation. Out of, out of that nine-man rotation, six of those players are Knicks' homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. Those are players that the Knicks have drafted and developed throughout the years. Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, um, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, McBride and Obi. Yeah. Now the thing is, I think Mitchell Robinson's development has gone well. I think RJ Barrett's development has gone well. Quickly's development has gone well. Um, Obi is the one with, that you really look at and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot. Grimes' development has gone well also. Obi is the, the one Obi is <laughs> the one where it's like, okay, like, Knicks could have done a better job developing Obi. Obi, they misuse Obi a lot. You know, like you like to say, you know, he came into this league being the next Amari Stoudemire and the Knicks using like Sean Marion. Facts. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, Obi's really the one where you look at where you're like, okay, they missed it. Then they're not developing Obi. McBride? I do think McBride could have been developed better, but the fact that he's getting some minutes, that should help towards his development. But yeah, McBride... I do agree McBride should have been developed developed a bit better yeah. as well. But then, you know, you, you look at the bench now and you're like, you know, you have Cam Reddish on the bench. That's a player for you to develop, but you're not giving him no type of minutes whatsoever. Right. So, so this is one of those coaches where it's like there's a lot to be happy about, but then there's also, there's, but there's also a lot to be upset about as well. You know, so I don't know. That's the way I see it. Tibbs can't get credit for RJ and Mitch because they were here before. Not that's that's not even. <laughs> Dude, okay, how RJ and Mitch? What players were they before Tibbs came in? Came to the Knicks? Please tell me what players were they before they came to the Knicks? Or before Tibbs came to the Knicks? Let's be honest here. Yeah, those players have the belt under Tibbs. You, they you can't have it both ways. I think. You can't give them no credit for the players developed and all the credit for the players who don't. Like, that's the thing that kills me with some people's evaluation of a coach. You give them the bad and the good to make a whole, like, get a whole view of what's happening. Like, Mitch was not this polished when he was here. He was very raw. It's very, very raw. But that's besides the point. Um, we got another caller in today. I got picks. Picks. Picks with Timmy. What's going on, man? What's good, bro, man? The, the, the streets, the, the street lights are on here outside today, man. They, <laughs> man, street lights are on. Everybody went inside, man. They they took the kids in, man. There's raptors out here, man. It's scary. Dinosaurs, but, are scary, um, dog. I bro, understand. 
It's straight, bro, man. What's good, Jay Ellis? What's good, Ryan G, man? Man, you know, first of all, man, let, big ups to my guy, Mitch, man. I, I, sometimes, man, it takes having a good thing taken away to realize how good it really was. That's a man. fact. Like, my guy, Mitch, man, like, there's certain things that you can't see when he's on the court sometimes that he's doing that is literally elite, dog. Like, his his um, ability from, to be able to cover the rim for us, man, rim protection, elite, dog. For him to be able to guard, he can, Mitch can basically guard up until, like, a, a three or a two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he may not be the In best. Spots, he's not yeah. going to be the best, yeah. but he, can, he has that switchability. Like, Mitch being gone is a big thing, and I think even more so than just seeing what we're missing on the defensive end, offensive rebounding, and rebounding in general, it's also the rim pressure that Mitch puts on the other end. Because when you have an R.J. Barrett driving, and he's probing, he gets extra time to be able to get a look Yeah. when the defense got to worry about a collapsing Mitch. So there's Randall. Randall gets the same time, but... You know, it's the same thing for Brunson. Brunson gets the same capability. Now that area is that much smaller. Sims is a threat, but you have to know how to be able to position yourself. Really and that's something point. that takes chemistry when you're working off of it. Really good point. And, um, bro, I would say for the thing that I've noticed, and I'm glad that, like, we're having this period where Mitch is gone, where issues that have been there are starting to come to the light. Like... <laughs> This dude that has been slacking on defense, and I'm not going to point out anybody individually. You can see it now. Point them There's out. dudes that have been slacking <laughs> on defense, and you got <laughs> you, you, you can see it. JLS, why are you trying to get me in trouble, man? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying, trying to get you no. in trouble. Come on now. Come on, we dog. I, 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 I just want people to go see for themselves. Bro. I point out my favorite. I'll be like, yo, my favorite player ain't playing defense today. I'll say it. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man. But, but but check me out, bro. When we we're getting into a point where it's like, okay, we developed a team concept over those first, you know, like twenty, thirty games or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And Mitch is a, a key cause. Now you're trying to find a way to go ahead and take those same tools that you developed inside of this nine man rotations that just absolutely stuck to and figure out how to make it work. Now, my thing with Tiz is like, look, if you're gonna Bring Obi into the nine-man rotation. You need to use him like he's actually a valuable tool inside of that rotation. Facts. Right now, I'm sorry, Hartenstein, Spartenstein, <laughs> bro is not getting it right now, bro. Like, you need to go ahead and put him to the end of that nine-man. All right, if he needs to come in to go ahead and spell, whatever, cool. But let's go ahead and let's run small for a little bit. You still, If you need to go ahead and bolster, you can go ahead and just put Sims in. Switch between Slims, Julius, and um, Obi, and let these kids run. And, um, you know, my thing, too, is, like, I think another thing, and I'm, I'm not going to take up too much time, JLS, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I think with our offense, right, we have a Quentin Grimes and an Obi Toppin who literally end up getting stuck to being corner shooters inside of this offense, and that's not what they do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even their strength. And then you have other NBA teams who, and I threw this in the chat earlier, it's, it's the 45, the 45-degree angle. You can still be a threat to break a zone or to break a press or break a, a straight-up man just by stampeding your man, right? So if I have a Jalen Brunson who's collapsing the defense, instead of just standing at the three-point line and waiting to take a shot and chuck that joint, hope I make it, yeah. I can actually drive, in, drive into the rim right behind him and create an open lane. So it's like 
I think there's more that we can do. I'm glad that we're getting this opportunity to be able to grow and develop as a team. Yeah. And there's certain things that need to come into the light. But, bro, it's just rough out here right now. It's, it's rough out here. And I need my man Obi Toppin to get, get, some, get some respect on his name, bro. He needs to be out there. Yeah, man. For sure. For sure. Good call, man. Great call. Salute, 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 fellas. All right, man. Yo, salute to you, man. Shoot to my gosh. Picks who had a lot of great points. A lot of great points today. <laughs> but salute. Yo, I want to talk about the Mitch thing today. Because I agree. Like, we definitely miss Mitch. He, he fills in a lot. But for today, I don't feel like that was the biggest problem today. I really like the way Sims played today. Um, and to be honest, I always felt like when we play the Raptors, Sims versus Siakam at the center is a way better matchup than Mitch versus Siakam at the center. Not to say that Mitch can't cover him, but I feel like if you're going to have, I feel like you should have more Sims minutes on Siakam than Mitch, Mitch personally. That's because of the foot speed and the quickness and the switchability there. Uh, I think it just works out better in our favor. And even today, like Siakam, you know, he didn't have no crazy game today. Siakam was on Mitch. I mean, Sims was on Siakam and Siakam's shot 42%, nine for 21. Uh, three from six from three was kind of crazy though. 50% from the field. Negative negative eight on the night though. So, I mean, I don't know. What'd you think? Um, yeah, I mean, Sims definitely, you know, he definitely does do a good job. Like, Sims is a, Sims is a type of big where, you know, he really moves his feet, he really moves his feet on defense well. He guards a perimeter well. So, you know, for a team like Toronto, I think he's more valuable in that way because Sims, quote-unquote, gives you that perimeter defense from a wing that you would need to, you know, to combat with, you know, some of the wings on Toronto, and yeah, I think Sims, Sims was very productive today, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it is with, with Sims, man, with with Sims, and uh, shoot, I don't know anybody else I really we talk about today. We talked about Randall, about RJ, we talked about Queen Grimes, we talked about Brunson, Hartenstein didn't have a sucky game. He didn't have as sucky as a game as he usually has. I'll say that. <laughs> yes, he had some good moments today. Ivan Fournier siding today. Competing on a defensive end. It was strange to see Evan have a stronger defensive showing <laughs> than Grimes today. That was a little bit strange. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can we can kind of thrash Fournier all we want, but I mean, today he was pretty decent on defense. You can't even lie. You can't even lie about that. He was decent. He, he was, he definitely was. He, he rattled, uh, uh, Fred Van Vliet a lot and he always kills us for some reason. It gets to a point when you're watching Grimes play defense on Fred and half of the time, he's just trying not to foul him. Like he's really not even trying to play defense on him for real because they just call every t- freaking Nick on Fred. Because he's six feet, I guess. But it is what it is. I digress. Uh, salute to the chat. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about wings today once again. Because you know what it is. You're playing the Raptors. We need wings. 
to play the Raptors. Um, and I know some of you guys want a can to play. Didn't exactly happen. Um, I kind of figured it was it, not going to happen. <laughs> Y'all need to just stop it. Like, it's not going to happen. Just accept the for what it is. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Ryan. You know what's funny, Ryan? I was watching Ian Begley on the putback today. And you know my mind. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, okay, what's happening? Why is he playing? Is it something that he's done in the background? Did he, like, you know, talk smack about Tibbs or something? And it just seems like Tibbs has just made up his mind. Because when talking about Cam being traded on the putback, Ian Begley mentioned that people who are looking to trade Cam, they feel bad for him. So to me, when you say stuff like that, when you say, oh, man, we just feel bad the way it just went down when Cam Reddish got here. To me, that signals that it was a rotation thing. Tibbs just didn't believe him anymore, and he just went went the other way. So it just makes it it makes a sucky situation seem even suckier at this point. Especially, you know what? Especially for me, I always felt like we went the nine man rotation, went on a win streak, and I don't fault Tibbs for benching Cam when you're going on a win streak because that's what she's you know if it works then the hell it works. But there's still certain matchups where I felt like, well, maybe we should have had Cam play with the versus the Raptors. Maybe we should have Cam play versus the Spurs. Maybe we don't go McBride today. We go Cam if it's not personal because it's a matchup thing and he didn't go that way. So, but it is what it is at this point. I've stopped holding my breath on Cam. He's he's gone. It just is what it is at this point. Yeah, um... Like, um, like, I agree with JL. It's like when the Knicks were going on their night, when they had their nine-man rotation, they went on that eight-game winning streak. I definitely was for keeping that, keeping that same rotation going and not really trying to insert anybody else. Because when you're winning, you, don't want, you really don't want to, you know, mess up anything that's, you know, conducive to the Knicks winning. You know, like, you know, like the saying goes, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, and I'm not going to lie, before the Knicks went on that win streak, the last game Cam had, it was terrible. I think it was against the Mavericks. Yeah, it was that, that when was the Mavericks game. came into the garden and the Mavericks smacked us by like 30. Yeah. Cam was terrible that game. So I understood why they just benched him the next game because I was like, because I mean, if I was a coach and I saw Cam play that terrible, I probably would have been thinking about benching him too. But like you said, this, there comes a time where it's like, okay, I understand that, you know, he was out of the rotation when the Knicks went on that eight-game winning streak. But... If he if the player hasn't done anything detrimental, you know, like anything detrimental to the team or anything like that, right. you know, I do feel like, you know, players do deserve a second chance. And even though Cam played terrible his last appearance with the Knicks, I feel like he should have been given a second chance to, you know, prove himself because he has shown flashes that he can be a productive player when he's on. Yeah. So I, 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 that's what one of those coaches do. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what normal coaches that's what do. But you know, coaches do. They were like, "All right, we're gonna sit you down because you're not working exactly. out." But we tried this combination. This combination isn't working. You know what? This combination not working right now. This might be your night. Get in there and see what you can do. That's what normal coaches. Do. 
like, like even tonight, for example, Toronto Raptors, right? They play two players. I think one of them, I think, oh, what's this dude's name? Like, I don't even know these dude's name like that because I, they're players that don't play often. But I think the point guard, I think was, uh, I got I got to look up their names, but I think one of them was like Wise Camp or Wise Calm for something like that. And I think that, and I think they said that that was his like second game he played this season or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And Nurse inserted him into the game. And then I think the point guard, I forgot his name. I don't know if it's Dowdy or whatever the case may be, but they inserted him into the game. They said that was his 13th game this season. Like, you know, there comes a time when coaches go to the back of their bench and be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you some playing time. Let me see what you can do. But Dibs, Dibs don't do that. Once you're in Dibs' doghouse, you're in Dibs' doghouse. Tis me, Tibbs. me, Tibbs. me, Tibbs. Tibbs, Tibbs, all over the place, man. Yeesh. Classic Tibbs move. Uh, we going to move on, though. We're going to move on. This is a great segue, Ryan, into our wing discussion. Okay? Because we're not playing Cam, pulling the plug on that experiment. So there are other experiments to be had. And you know what? We've been talking about very small names recently because we're trying to kind of keep it realistic. I'm going to start off with a bang this time. All right, I'm gonna start off with a bang. Just because somebody mentioned it in one of the comments. And you guys, when you do comment, shout out to the guys who comment. I I do read the comments. I read every comment. I try to respond to almost every comment. Sometimes the days is that crazy and I can't get to them. But um, I do read every single comment. So thank you guys who actually comment on, on the YouTube channel. But somebody said, yo, Jay Ellis, we got to get cools. We got to get cools. And I'm just like, I, I get it. But like, it doesn't seem realistic to me. You know what I mean? And there goes my camera. Here we go again. All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem realistic to me. And he's like, well, you know what? Leon Rose, he's part of CAA. You know, Kuz is part of CAA. I think it can happen. So... You know what? Let's talk about it. All right. Kyle Kuzma. Having a career year. 21 points on the night. Shoots high volume of threes. 7.5 threes a game. Um, but only gives you 34% on the three-point line. But um, when you look at the cleaning the glass, though, and I think, Ryan, did you point this out earlier? You're shooting 44% from three from the corner. Yeah. Very long guy. 6'9". When you're playing guys like the Raptors, defensively, he should be able to hold up. Right? He's looking to get around $20 million. The Wizards are looking to keep him, right, Ryan? You said that? You said that earlier. Yeah, according to reports, yeah, they're looking to keep him. So, you know what? I'm going to let Ryan talk a little bit. Ryan, what do you think about the, the probability of getting Kuzma? Or just, would you like to have Kuzma on the Knicks in general well Kuzma would give the Knicks you know the scoring that they need on the wing and he would definitely give them wing help so that's the positive with Kuzma but you know I read a report reading stating that the Wizards want to resign Kuzma 
And the player that the Wizards are actually shopping at the trade deadline is Hachimura. That's a guy that, that they really want to park with. I actually like Hachimura. Yeah, so I don't think Kuzma's a realistic target just based on what the rumors are saying. But if Kumo, but if Kuzma was to be available, I do think he would be a viable option for the Knicks, you know, and, and turn him on the wing and give him some wing help. But I do think, you know, there's some questions with Kuzma as well because it's like he's on the last, he's he's not on the last year of his contract, but he has a player option coming up, which means he can opt out. And he's going to demand a certain amount of money with with his career high being 21.8 points per game. You would expect that Kuzma's going to at least command 20 plus mil. Yeah. So you have to think and be like, okay, so if we're going to give up assets to give up Kuzma, <laughs> do we want to do we want to um invest 20 plus mil to make him stay? Because it doesn't make sense to give up a first round pick or two and then have a guy just leave at the end of the season. That's a waste. So. You have to try to think of it as, you know, can, can Kuzma be a part of the long-term plans with the Knicks? You know, and I do think that the Knicks do need to try to go after, uh, like, I would, I do think the Knicks need to try to go after a player that's, like, a, on a scale up mm-hmm. from Kuzma on the wing. But, you know, if push comes to shove, like, he would be a pretty decent option at the wing for the Knicks to get. If, you know, he decides that he wants to actually stick with the Knicks and resign. Here's how I see it. Because the Washington Wizards are interested in re-signing Kuzma, I don't see him as a trade candidate for the midseason, for one. Um, also, looking at how the Knicks are set right now, you know what? We were looking at Onanobi when we were plummeting, Right. We were looking at OG when we were plummeting. So at this point, it's safe to say if we're winning, they're looking for small moves. If we're losing, we'll look for bigger moves. If we continue to plummet without Mitch Robinson being here and the schedule being tougher because we have the second hardest schedule in the league right now, then maybe towards February... I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe we could actually end up making a big swing when it's closer to trade that line. Um, so at some point I was thinking we might not make a move, but the more I think about it, if this, if we keep racking up losses, maybe we will make a move, but I'm not sure Kyle will be available. Um, because I feel like the wizards would be wanting to resign him Two. Um, when I think about spending money in free agency, the first thing that comes to mind is Emmanuel quickly. What are the Knicks interests in Emmanuel quickly? The second thing that comes to mind is Derek Rose, who has what? 14 million left on his deal. And... Also, Evan Fournier. So we have 14 million coming off the books, and we have Evan Fournier you can trade for 19 million. So I think about all those things when I talk when I think about signing somebody, right? Um now Emmanuel quickly might want to resign for like 18 million. Kyle Kuzma probably wants to sign for around 20 million. Now, if the Knicks go, we don't want to keep IQ, then I can possibly see a scenario where we sign and trade IQ for Kuzma. 
I can possibly see something like that happening. What do you think, Ryan? Well, like I said, it's tough because if you do decide to bring Kuzma in through trade, you have to allocate a certain amount of money to him. And yeah, that might affect the re-signing of quickly coming into the offseason. I I don't know Wizards' needs per se. Like, I don't know if they're really looking for a point guard. I got to look at the, I gotta look at the Wizards. Who's point guard, role. though? Like, <laughs> yeah, that... I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the Wizards roster at the moment. So it's, uh, maybe, maybe there is a need at, at the point guard position, and if that's the case, it could work out to where you can do a sign and trade with Kuzma quickly, you know. But like I said, like to just bring in Kuzma through trade, like there's a lot of facts you have to consider. It's not one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're gonna bring in Kuzma, he's gonna stay here half a season and help us out, and then after that, you just, you know get rid of him like nah like if you're going to give up assets for him you're going to have to resign him you, got, you have to get value out of him because of that so i can see something like that like i could definitely see a sign and trade but like but like you said i don't think the wizards want to give up kuzma i do think the wizards want to keep him and i don't see him being traded and actually when i'm iq hive all day so i want to keep iq personally um i'm trying to figure out is there even a world where we keep iq and kuzma like, do we do a sign and trade? Do we do like a trade with somebody else? Like they sign Kuzma, trade him for Obi and, and something. I don't know. I don't know. If yeah, I mean, like it might be a case, but there's going to have to definitely be some like, you know, some players are going to have to come off the books for that to happen, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, But that's what I'm thinking. So. At the end of the day, though, I get it. Like, if we have Kuzma here, technically, if we have Kuzma here, I know there's a lot of people who advocate to move RJ Barrett back to the two. Would you do that? Would you move RJ to the two, Kuzma at the three, Grimes off the bench? Because Kuzma does play some defense, but I'm not going to lie, I do have some trepidation about RJ Barrett playing defense against NBA twos, even though some people are like, they, they feel like he, he will play better at the two. I can see him dominating offensively other NBA twos, but defensively I can see that being an issue, but what, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that would be the most logical move because if you're going to bring in a dominant wing, you can't have that dominant wing come off the bench. You have to send him to the starting lineup. And the more likely spot for a guy like Kuzma would be three, the small forward. So you would have to move RJ Barrett to the two. And he would have to have Brunson at the one. I mean, defensively, I think there would be some issues. Mm-hmm. I do think there would be some issues defensively if you make that move. But you, I don't think there's – because you're going to have Randall, you're going to have Mitch – those guys are going to stay in the starting lineup. So you can't fit Grimes, RJ, Kuzma all in the same backboard. It's yeah. just not possible. One guy's going to have to be moved to the bench, and unfortunately, it would have to be Grimes. Right. For sure. For sure. And then it's like Kuzma's spot-up shooting isn't the best. Unless you, unless you just keep him in that corner. If you just keep him in that corner, you'll be good to go. He's 44% from three in a corner. I can get to this. Hold on. Let me, get, let me bring up the Kuzma clean the glass stats real quick. Yeah, Kuzma. 
Yeah, 79 percentile out the rim from Kuzma. Damn good. Mid-range killer. Damn good. That corner three, though. 80th percentile from the corner three. Shooting 44% from three. Um, everywhere else is kind of cold, though. But we can just, you know, if we just stick him in the corner and have him eat over there and then have him... Um, beat up smaller players like he did us, then we'll be good to go. The funny thing is, too, I was looking at some of his ISO stats and stuff, and he's not a good isolation player. He just likes to play the Knicks and kills us. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> Every time he ISO'd on us, this man is freaking Michael Jordan. But... <laughs> don't expect that from game to game if he's a Knicks uniform. That's just when he plays us, all right? But I digress. Salute to the chat, though. All right. Oh, we got Big Reaper on, on the call next. I didn't even see that. MA, MBIC says Grimes is still developing. Why is this even a thought? Move RJ to two. Have Grimes come off the bench. It's all about matchups. Now, I agree. It, it makes sense. Sometimes, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I still struggle because Grimes' defense is saved our season, I struggle with the thought of Grimes off the bench a lot. I'm not gonna hold you. I think it, I think it would the more depend on, you know, for like for the Knicks to be comfortable with that type of move. I think it depends on the type of wing that the Knicks bring in. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, and, and like I said, like if you move Kuzma to the three, RJ to the two, Brunson at the one, you're going to have problems defensively. I don't care what you, I don't care what nobody says. The offense might be explosive with those three guys there, but you're going to have, you, but you're going to struggle defensively. You're, you're going to. Yeah. I mean, Kuzma's defense is pretty good though. It's just really RJ. The RJ, the RJ, the RJ Brunson thing, that lining up defensively is just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I see Mo Bamba fans in the chat. Listen, man. I've been talking about Mo Bamba on this program for like two years. <laughs> More than two years, actually. So you already know I'm on the Mo Bamba train. You already know that. I'm, I've always been on that train. But let's, let's keep it going. And actually, we got another caller coming in. Big Reaper. All right, Big Reaper, let us know what you want to talk hey. about, sir. What's going on, Reaper? Uh, not much, man. Thank you guys for taking my call. Uh, it's been a little depressing watching them, especially these last four games. But, you know, hopefully they turn it around. Um, I think you guys are kind of got it pegged, you know, with uh, defense is an issue. In terms of getting somebody here, I just don't know if I see Kyle Kuzma. I agree with uh, Ryan G on this one because it's like you bring in Kyle Kuzma here. He gives he gives you something on the offensive end, but you know it's going to be a minus on the defensive end. So I just don't see it working out. The only one I kind of see is uh, OG Ananobi, uh, but that's probably going to be pricey. And then like uh, the other one that seems like a, a conservative go at go is uh, Bullock. I know I think you guys talked about it briefly in the previous show, uh, but that you know I, I think that's the only option the Knicks have right now. They really they need a real defensive wing, like a three and D. And uh, and just move um, crimes to the bench, and you know, and you know, you guys see like what I was saying from last, like about last year, Grimes from last year. 
I mean, look, the kid is nice. He's talented, and I hope he grows up. We, but you know, it's just I don't know if he's aggressive enough. Well, no, I should say he's not aggressive enough. He's just not giving. Does feel like he's giving you enough offensive output, you know? Uh, but honestly, the biggest problem is the defense. <laughs> so, like, so that's not even like you know. I yeah. think we should just. I think focusing on offense is maybe a little um, misguided. I think our problem is just like the defense is bad. Every game when we lose, we're giving up over 160 points a game, you know. So. That's really what the issue is. I don't think the issue is on the offense. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what I got. I heard you. I heard you. Uh, thanks for calling in, Reaper. I, I feel like this. Right. I kind of just feel like there's issues on both ends. We're still 25th in three-point shooting. You know, so the the, the three-point shooting is still an issue for sure. The problem has really been we haven't had guys who are three and D. There are either or they shoot threes or they play defense, not both. Reggie Bullock plays defense, light on the D to me. I mean, light on the three to me, but uh, I digress. Grimes, um, decent three point shooter this year, has been really good on defense for the most part, not so much the last few games. Maybe Mitchell Robinson not being here has something to do with that. Who knows? But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the two were connected. All right. Yep. Next, you know what? We'll, let's talk about somebody else real quick. Cause we, because it's been in the news that the Hornets are looking to, you know, move some players. So it seems like they want to move on from a few of them one of them being kelly Ubre. now i'm not gonna lie i'm not super interested in kelly Ubre at this point i was at one point but right now i'm not that interested but you know for, for the hornets he's given 20 points per game season high is 34. the three-point shooting has taken the dip but for Ubre, it seems like over the course of his career when the game is on the line, he's really good at shooting corner threes. That's kind of been his thing. Gives you a decent amount of steals, 1.6. But, you know, even though he scored 20 points per game this year, um, I think the additional offensive responsibility has kind of worn on, him, worn on him a little bit. And it's not his fault. You know, that's not the type of player he is. But... I feel like there's other Hornets players that I might be more interested in. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan G? Um, Kelly Hoop is one of those players where it's like, because throughout his career, like he's been more of a bench player than a starter. And if I can get a Kelly Oubre to come off the bench to beef up the bench, I definitely would be for bringing Kelly Oubre in. I, because he would be that wing coming off the bench that could provide some scoring and provide that energy on defense as well. But like I said, like with all these players, there's a lot of question marks. Like there's not anything where it's like it's a 100% fit where you're like, yeah, you know, we have to go after this player, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Because of Kelly Uber, it's like if you if you trade for him again, he he's going to be a free agent after this season. So if you're going to give up if you're going to give up any significant assets to get him you're definitely going to have to re-sign him again because, again, you don't want to give up assets for a player and then that player leaves after half the right. season. So, 
you have to so you, you have to determine like how much he's going is how much it's going to take to resign him. You know, if we do resign him, you know, what players are going to go the other way? You know, like you said, you know, would they have enough money to resign IQ, or would IQ have to go elsewhere? You know, or whatever the case may be. And then on top of that, then on top of that, you have to determine what his role is going to be with the team. Are you going to insert him into the starting lineup? Or are you going to, or are you going to use him as a bench player? Because Ubre has played off the bench in his career before, so I don't think he would be opposed to having a bench role. But you already know how some players are. Once they once they get a taste of starting, he wants to change. They, 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 they want to be made a starter. So it's it's not one of those things where it's like it's one hundred percent a go, but it's something to consider if he's willing to take a bench role, strengthen that bench, and go from there. Uh, I'm I, I'm not moved. <laughs> I'm not moved. Like I said, none of these players are 100. I like none of them. Like all these players are mentioning, like none of them. I'm like 100. Like yeah, go for them. I'm just saying, like I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I'm just not moved because I feel like he's gonna want the money, and he's okay defender. But I feel like I want to go somewhere stronger who doesn't expect as much. <laughs> and I don't have to give up big pieces for, you know what I mean? Um, I liked who I liked who Lee mentioned earlier. Now, I mean, hold on. PJ Washington. All right. Shout out to Lee. Lee mentioned PJ Washington from the Hornets, who's he's kind of powerful center. But he's six seven, so like the way he defends, though, I can see him being a wing and still being effective because he he can defend wing, he can send centers, he can defend power forwards. Um, he's mobile, he's strong, he can hit the three, and a guy who can defend post ups, defend an ISO and defend wing players and hit the three is something that I would like on this team. So I don't know. I kind of like the idea of bringing him in. Like everything, it's always the cost, right? It's always the cost. Here's the thing though, Pete. PJ, he wants bread. I know, you know, there was some contract negotiations going on with the wizards a little bit earlier he wants around 20 million a year they didn't want to give him that earlier but he might get that next season maybe more i read that he most likely might he, they, people could see him getting 60 to 70 million but when the guy can defend multiple positions and shoot the three then you know it kind of attract suitors so there are definitely people who are looking at pj washington at the deadline and trying to pry him from the the hornets because he is that type of gritty winning type of player a guy kind of goes under the radar but um yeah i can i can see scenario i can see him working out here man but it's just what do you give to get to to get him that's always the thing yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I don't think Hornets are going to give him up. 
they're not, he's not really one of the players on their radar that they want to move. You know, reports are saying that they want to move Rozier, Hayward, and Ubre. Like, those are the main three players that, that they're thinking about moving. And to be honest, like, I, I'd rather Jalen McDaniels, if anything, off of PJ Washington, because I think Jalen, I think Jalen McDaniels would be a cheaper option, number one. Right. So he could, so the Knicks could bring him in and strengthen the bench. And I think number two, you know he's shown improvement, Jalen McDaniels, and I do, and I do like him more as a fit for the Knicks than PJ Washington. But um, you know PJ Washington's a good player. I mean, you you cannot deny that. You know he definitely shoots decent for the three. You know he's a good scorer. He can defend, and you like that in a player. But I think if I have to choose a player from Charlotte, I would much rather Jalen McDaniels. Yeah. And I can see that happening as well. Listen, Charlotte is an, is an interesting position where they're trying to offload players. They have a few young players who they might want to retain, but also they also have Miles Bridges, who's supposed to get a big payday, right? Got into a domestic violence dispute and they thought he was out of here. They're kind of in talks with him right now. So he might end up coming back. Which is why when you're looking at players like PJ Washington or even Jalen McDaniels, you can see a world when one of them can shake loose because they're going, okay, maybe I'm not going to get the playing time I got because, because you know, Bridges is coming back. Or they want to pay this guy and this guy, but now they want to pay me, me. So this is why this is even a discussion. Um, because you know the Hornets are just trying to, to blow it up. And who knows what's gonna happen with that? Maybe they'll be successful and clear a cap. Maybe they won't get what they want and botch it. We already know Michael Jordan is a terrible owner. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh we could look at it. PJ Washington's numbers, like you said, good, good from three. But at the rim, 69 percentile at the rim. Short mid is good. Very good shooting player. Defensive rebounding. Hmm. Could use some work. Block percentage is pretty high, though. Block percentage is pretty high. And versatile defender in PJ Washington. Um, I do like the idea of going McDaniels as well. Which is why. He's up here, a little bit raw, you know, but it's having a, a, a good season for him. But there's still ways to go for him to grow. As a free agent, he'll command a lot less. He'll probably command somewhere from 11 to 15 million. But, you know, 11 points a game, 46% from the field, 34% from three. The thing with him, though, is he's 6'9". 6'9", wing, very long, multi-positional defender, can guard like one through five pretty much because of his wingspan and his length and his agility. So not as polished, not as polished as P.J. Washington, but uh, he kind of shows some small flashes of creation off the dribble, small flashes. So there's some upside with him a little bit. From yeah, and I think, 
and that's more the reason why I would go with Jalen McDaniels because more more sort of price. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't really want to commit 20, 25 plus mil to a player that is not going to really change the trajectory of the team like that. So I'm like, if there's a way I can try to like bolster the bench or bolster the roster, be able to play, that's not going to be as expensive and a player that has room to grow. I would take my chance on that type of player, especially a wing. Right. Right, right. But I would say he's less polished offensive, like even the shooting numbers, right? Like we'll go to, I'll go to cleaning glass like we usually do. Mm-hmm. 34%. He's not, eh, 34%. Well, for his position is lower. People are shooting, yo, people are shooting the hell out the ball in the NBA, dog. Because yeah. at a certain point of the season, 35% was considered average. Now you're looking, 34% is now the 39th percentile in the NBA, which means people are starting to shoot at that wing position at a higher percentage. So now now what's considered average is starting to be considered a little bit below average, which is interesting. I just wanted to point that out. Um, Yeah, because I mean, mean, honestly, 34% from three is not a terrible shooter. It's not. That's 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 an average. That should be an average shooter in the NBA. But yeah, you got everybody throwing up threes nowadays. It's like everybody on that Steph Curry three point regimen right now, putting up shots into the summer. So he needs to do it too. All right. So he's a little bit raw offensively, to to tell you the truth. But that's why he's cheaper, and that's why he plays behind. That's why he plays behind. Uh, PG. Uh, he plays behind, and would be cheaper, but. Like I said, 6'9", long wingspan, switchable one through five. You, you're hoping on a defense. There's some defensive highlights of him somewhere I saw on, on the internet. But also the de- defensive highlights of P.J. Washington as well. Both of those guys. All right. And of course, you know, I don't have any graphics for these guys, but... With Mitch out, Ian Begley said, Ryan, that there's a possibility that the Knicks can go after a veteran center. And Sergi Baca's name came up. See, Lee, Lee, you always wanted a three-point shooting center. Sergi Baca is available, Lee. I know you're hype. <laughs> I'm not hyped though. I'm Serge's Serge is washed. I have no interest in Sergi Baga. I'm not gonna hold you. If we do the sign fuck? him, I guess he could bark, he could back up Sims. He can take Hartenstein's minutes, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you think about Sergi Baga coming here. But to me, it's like I don't even think the Knicks need to make a move for a big. Like Mitchell Robs is not out for the season. And in three weeks, he's going to be reevaluated. So I don't really see the sense in making a move for big, especially when you already have Sims here. And hard to see, like, if you're going to get Sergi Bach, I don't want four bigs on the roster. So it's like, who's going to be moved? I mean, the thought is we're so much worse with Mitch out the lineup. We have to do something. All right. When Mitch is out the lineup, and it's Hartenstein in the lineup. We're we're not we're not a winning team, so we're trying to. So I can see why. 
They wanted to sign a center to kind of put a band-aid on a situation. You know what I mean? So I can see it. I can definitely see it. Yeah, I get it, but I can't see the Knicks giving up assets for a big when Mitch is not even out for the season and they already have Hardison and Sims on the roster. It wouldn't make sense to me. But- well, it's been reported that the Bucks are shopping Ibaka. Ibaka has hardly played this season. He's got numerous DMPs, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't take a lot to get him, you know? It wouldn't take a lot to get him. They're interested in Cam Reddish. Every Every playoff caliber team with no cap space is interested in Cam Reddish because the young guy who they feel like they won't really they won't really have to pay and it won't cost much to get him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it might be Cam plus somebody else, some salary filler, somebody on the bench or for Ibaka to see if he can do anything for these three weeks. Because we can very well fall out the playoff picture in these three weeks because we don't have a starting caliber center. Caliber center. But I'm really just hoping that Sims gets acclimated and we don't have to go that route. Yeah, I hope so too, because I think using our assets on a big is a waste of assets. Like, I feel like if you're going to use your assets on anybody, if, if you want, and if you want somebody cheap, then search the market and try to get a cheap wing. Yeah. Or or, or get a cheap bench, play the strength of the bench. Because it'll definitely be a rental for sure. Like, yeah. It'll definitely be a rental. There'll be no reason to really have him here past this season. Like, straight exactly. up. Exactly. Like, like I, would rather, I would rather rent a cheap wing or rather rent a cheap bench player to strengthen the bench. Like, rather than using it to bring another big here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see somebody say, bring back the White Howard. Call China in. Bring out the man that's all shoulders, no legs, and the White Howard and have him in, in this uniform. Uh, Superman is in the building. Superman's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, yo. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at the White Howard coming off the bench. I wouldn't be mad at all. I feel like he would he would be I don't know, I kind of feel like I pushed out the league kind of crazy. I feel like he can still block shots and catch all oops. Yeah, isn't he put up like 30 and 20 in Taiwan or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got him and Marbury just killing people out there. Bring him back. Bring him back and have him pay 15 a game. I'm with it. <laughs> I don't really care. I see Kathy feeling chaboo. What you booing? <laughs> what you booing? What you booing, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kathy in the chat, man. I wouldn't mind it, but you already know, man. I'm old bomba till I die. I already I think the magic are willing to trade. I'd be willing to trade Mo Bamba. They have a kind of a lot of long center power forward guys in that rotation. So Somebody's gonna fall loose. I can see Mobamba springing loose. I can see see Jonathan Isaac springing loose. You know, so I I'm definitely for any of those guys for sure. Yeah, more so Jonathan Isaac than Mobamba because if 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 there's a big that I want in Orlando, it's Bobo. That's who that's like that's the guy. <laughs> <I'm around. laughs> 
<laughs> Give me Black Victor any day of the week. I will take Bobo in the Nick uniform for sure. For right. sure, <laughs> man. <laughs> but also, I would really like to take a flyer on Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. Guy's a freakish wingspan, seven feet. Did well in the G League. He dropped like 15 points in the G League in his first game back. Another switchable guy, something that we desperately need. I would hope that he's an, super inexpensive. I would love him on his squad for sure. All right. Fact. All right, man. Salute to the chat. If you want to call in, you already know what to do. Dial 319 527 6241. That's 319 527 6241. All right. And if you don't want to call in, we can call, we can wrap it up. We can wrap it up and call it a show. All right. But shout out to the people in the chat. Shout out to Ronnie Sannon. Shout out to my Lee. Shout out to Kathy, who's in the chat, wreaking havoc. Shout out to Manchild. Richard Chomo. Sanford, Sanford, shout out to you. NBIC, everybody else is rocking with this show. And please hit the like button if you enjoyed the show. We're here after every game, and we will be back Tuesday. And it gets even worse on Tuesday. I'm not excited. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Man, I can't. Who do we have Tuesday, Ryan? These next few games are rough, man. Yeah, man. So on Tuesday, we have dun, 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 the Cavaliers. <sighs> Donovan Mitchell. Darius Garland. Yep. Jared Allen. All those guys. It's it's funny, and I, I couldn't and wait. I, I could not wait to play these teams a week ago, but I wanted to play them with Mitch, man. I didn't want to play them without Mitch. I was, I was like, "Yo, Garrett Allen in the middle with no Mitch there." Oh mm. my gosh, I don't want to see. The, I don't want to see the results of that. I really don't want to see the results. Of that. Closing my eyes, man. Closing my <laughs> eyes. That's going to be rough. When I talk about. I like to see Mitch in a lineup with these long, tall, lanky centers and, and guys be like, oh, there's not that many of them. There's a good amount of those guys, man. <laughs> there's a decent amount of those guys. I'm looking at the top, the Cavs. I'm looking at the 76ers. This, you know, those, those... I digress, man. A lot of the good teams have them, man. Yeah, man. And even the Celtics... The Celtics are even worse though, because they can go big and small. So they they got Robert Williams to give you problems, and then they can go small too. So it's, yeah, and, and the Celtics are using former Nick Great Luke Cornett as well off the bench. Exactly. So it, it's gonna get rough, guys. It's gonna get rough. Buckle your seatbelts, man. <laughs> uh we got Stan Novak on the line. All right. Shout out to Stan. Stan says, hold your horses. I got something to say. Let me call in and say it to your face. Stan Novak on the phone. Stan, what do you want to talk about, sir? Well, first of all, stop holding your horses and be careful about what part of the horse you're holding. Whoa. whoa, Um, (laughs) I mean, geez, I don't know where that came from. No, um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's not fun. It's not watching. Uh, it's not fun watching the Knicks. 
Um, I've said this a long time ago. Oh, by the way, DeJounte Murray looks really good right now uh, instead of Brunson, doesn't he? Instead of Brunson? I mean, yeah. Brunson always looks bad versus the Raptors. Brunson's looked good all season. He just has... You already know what it is, man. He has matchups. I mean, you, he has matchup problems versus longer players. That's longer players. That's just right. I, I I would have I would have I would have been happier to see a backcourt of uh, of Murray and uh, and RJ going with that big backcourt. And and you you know me too. I you know I would have loved that. Me too. But that didn't happen. Me too. All right. So uh, the first thing I would do tomorrow with the guys you have is um, I, I I I start Obi um, at the four and I put in uh, Randall at the three. At the three. That's the, at the three, and I move RJ back to the two. I bring in Grimes off the bench, boosts the bench uh, w- along with quickly. And at the center, well, you, you you just have to live with what you got. But that's what I do. In the off season, I mean, I told you take a look at Filipowski, but that's that's the off season. But the first thing I do tomorrow is I start those two bigs, the two fours, put them side by side. Forget Kuzma, you know that's forget him for now because you know you you, you don't know if that's going to happen. You just look at your bench, see what you got, and the next game you can see you can see you can start Obi and and uh, at the four, um, and you can and you can uh, you know because he's really quick off the dribble. Julius is really really quick, yeah. and he can go to either side. He's really quick. He's he's really up this game that he can be a really muscular three. And there's nothing wrong with that. Is he going to have some matchup problems? Yeah, but that's okay. You know, and, and it makes your team longer. That's that's what I would do. Next game. It's it's going to be rough. That's a rough. I'm not going to lie. That's a rough matchup for Obi next game. Who do we have? Well, let's we'll see. Mobley well, versus Obi. Yeah, Obi Obi's don't get cooked. Long. The thing about Moby though, he hasn't really progressed this season that much. Mm-hmm. So maybe well, he's not going to progress if you're not. Yeah, but he's not going to progress if you if he's if you, if you're not playing him. He's going to be stuck where he is. I feel you. And Obi purgatory. I feel you. You know, so you, you know, put put him on. Let him start. Let him start. I mean, at this point, let him start a few uh, on uh, um, uh, alongside Randall. With a big, and I said this last year. See what happens, because right now, right now you're going right down to tenth place the way this is going. I mean, when 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 Obi's having games like today, I just say, listen, put Randall back, put Randall at the five, put Randall at the five, Obi at the four. Especially if Obi's lining up from three, it'll open things up from Jalen Brunson. It'll open things up for everybody, and. Yeah, go that way. I think that's the way we should have went more today, um, at some stretch, some point. But it is what it is. Um, Obi only had played ten minutes a day, so uh, well, there's not much. I mean, I mean, uh, I look at Obi as an underdeveloped Kuzma, and you were talking about Kuzma. Why mm-hmm. even 
consider Kuzma when you've got when you've got an up and coming Kuzma right there. Because he's not Obi's not going to be in minutes, man. <laughs> All right. I well, you, got, you, you, you do have to do something. You got to try something. Tips has to try something because it's four in a row now. And if Mitch were there, yes, you you would, but he's not. So I agree. You have to do yeah. something. I you know, know, you know, uh, des- desperate times, desperate measures. Got to try something different. I understand. I understand that. That try some different right. mantra for sure. Yeah. Yo, thanks all for calling right. in. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, your, uh, care your guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Take care of your horse, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak that in when he, when he left. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Free oh, man. <laughs> Ah, eighth pick of the draft, ten minutes. Ah, great. And misusing him on top of that. Misusing him on top of him. Using that man like Sean Marion instead of Amari Stoudemire. All right, salute to the chat. If you like the show, hit the like button. We about to wrap it up. Um. <laughs> But yeah, you already know what it is, man. Ryan G. I'm, we're gonna see you on Tuesday. We'll see who else who shows on Tuesday. I'm not we'll, we'll never we don't know who shows up on Tuesdays anymore, but we'll see what happens. Ryan G, let them know where they find you, sir. Yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing, you know, because I could definitely, you know, say one or two things. Since, since, since you know that person's in the chat, but I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing. So um you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can find us in a few different places. All right. I'm going to let you know in a minute. First, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Get those snapbacks. At nickatimeshow.com. All you gotta do is go to the nickatimeshow.com and click the button that says catalog. Boom. All our merch right there. All right. All for you to have. You have the K2 hat. You have the Whose Man's Is This Tea? You have RJ Barrett. You got Mitch Robinson Tea. All sorts of goodies for you there at nickatimeshow.com. Also, check out the blogs there as well. All right. And follow us on social media. The KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick Time Show on Instagram and Facebook. Cool. All right. Good talking to you, Ryan. Thank you guys who are rocking with us tonight. We, we, got, we, we got a super chat, though. We got, we got a, a super chat. chat. $2 super chat from my man, Lee, the Latin assassin, Escobedo, who says Ryan and Jay Ellis was Tibbs at fault for this loss? Well, uh, hmm. I'll say this. Um, Tibbs could have definitely did some things different, but ultimately I believe this loss was down to turnovers, more say than Tibbs actually messing up like rotations and things of that nature. Yeah. You know, but I, the only thing I really, I only thing I can really complain about Tibbs tonight is the fact that Obi was hot. The one game Obi was hot, 
He only played him 10 minutes. That's the only thing I could really say. Like, that was definitely Thib's fault. Yeah. And I agree. We kind of talked about this earlier when we did the show breakdown. But um, I think the Sims on Siakam matchup worked out okay for us. I, I still like that matchup. I think he did an okay job. I felt like he got better as the game going, went on. Um, I also feel like turnovers were the biggest issue. They scored 26 points off turnovers, turnovers versus our eight. Um, also, the biggest factor to me was the fourth quarter. RJ Barrett in that stint with the bench. The bench hasn't really performed well in general. I think Tibbs is really trying to get RJ to own that bench. We complained about, we talked about how IQ and RJ together have to man that bench and it's up to them to do it. And RJ did his thing with the bench in the first half. Looked really good. Second half, I feel like a lot of the turnovers and the bad play were on RJ. Not to say it was on him alone, but I feel like the chunk of it was on RJ and that fourth quarter start where we didn't score for the first three minutes and something odd seconds was the difference in the game. All right. So was it his fault? Tibbs didn't play a perfect game, but I feel like it was more on player execution this game. All right. Cool. That is our show. Lee, they want you to call in. I don't know if you saw the game, Lee. <laughs> but if you want to call in, that's cool. Cowboys lose. Huh? He's busy watching the Cowboys lose. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he saw the game. I don't think he saw the game. Yes. <laughs> He's trying to call in. Oh, the phones are down. Uh... We probably on for a while. Fritz is like, yo, we need to go, B. He says, Fritz is like, yo, let's shut it down, B. Exactly. Fritz is like, yo, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up, B. Oh, my day, Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. You can restart the phones. It just takes too long. It's, it's You got to restart it, set up a new thing. All right. But I'll talk about this all next show. All right. All right. I'll see you all Tuesday. I'll see you Tuesday. All right. Is our show all right? Good show, Ryan G. And yes, you already sir. know what it is. As always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these next YouTube street. That's our show. We out of here. Peace. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in.